Pick your minds at a because it's sparked on inside. Yo. Hey yo, you ready to go? Yeah, let's do it. Alright, let's get it. Hello, hello everybody. This is Medulla Omblangata. AKA mom for short. Yes, the B is silent. Checking in live from the back of your mind. And sitting next to me, we have here. I'm a penny. I'm just here because I be thinking about plenty. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Why don't you tell the folks a little bit more about yourself, mom? Gladly. Mom. Mom. <laughs> <laughs> it's mom to you. <laughs> say it right. Don't say it at all. <laughs> I'm playing. I do legally go by the name Daniel Chinamedem, E.K. Makalem, E.K. Jimba Jr. For those of you who didn't hear me in the back, I said my name is Daniel Chinamedem, E.K. Makalem, E.K. Jimba Jr. I'm first generation Nigerian American, born and raised in Chicago, Illinois. Moved around a little bit, lived in central Jersey for a little while, then moved back to Chicago, and then moved down south to Houston, Texas, then did my undergrad over in Austin, Texas, and now, currently, I live on the beautiful island of Oahu, pursuing my master's in clinical mental health counseling at Hawaii Pacific University with a focus more so on positive psychology, reality therapy, choice theory and mindfulness because I really want people to obtain a more holistic Holistic experience experience. all in all also I am a budding artist formerly a hibernating artist and I dance I will be in a play very soon shout out to symbioses and all the creative hands on deck for that and I've recently began dabbling in painting Yes, big things coming from this one. Big this mine. Kind things. Big kind things coming from this one. Watch out for mom. Space. Space. <laughs> How, about How about yourself? How about Penny? Tell the people. I myself, I'm O Penny. And like I said, I'm just here because I'll be thinking about plenty. <laughs> As my friend Philly used to say, Socrates with Pocketes. Hey. <laughs> I'm just here. Um, thinking about things you know and i feel like a lot of the a lot of the philosophy that happens in our day-to-day happens colloquially if y'all sat word for the day colloquial is just casual conversation because i feel like for us who aren't in school or in academia for those of us who are students of life like myself a lot of the opportunity we have to really think about the deeper questions of life happens after day-to-day interactions i mean Maybe that's just me personally, but I don't. I don't really do small talk. I like. Big. I, I like big talk. Hey. Big talk get only. <laughs> gang, gang, gang. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I, I like it juicy. I like to get to the. <laughs> I like to get to the juice of the conversation, of what we're what we're all doing here. Um, I'm from the Bay. Hey. hey. I'm fifth generation San Francisco. American-born Chinese on my mom's side. ABC, for those who know, 
Um, shout out to San Francisco. Shout out to the Bay. My dad's side, I'm actually first generation. Of, my dad came from Hong Kong when he was six. Um, so kind of having the experience of being fifth gen and first gen at the same time is very interesting for multiple reasons, which we'll get into later. Yes, yes. Yes, yes. But um, I'm a designer. Check out my work at openny.in. Um, in Oakland is where I got into space making, where we create we did curated shows and made events for people to really come together and reflect and talk to each other about our collective state how to heal how to thrive really focusing on how we can use our collective energy to shift things and talk to each other and break the normal paradigm of just plugging in through our phones and staring at screens all day Use your words. Use your words. Communicate. Communicate. Please. It's one of my favorite sayings. Um, which is all which has led me up to being here in Oahu, the meeting place where <laughs> we became connected and through the product of, what, what, how did you say it? Our beautiful minds have manifested this creation we'd like to call the abstract. And the abstract is a resource for people to obtain information and insight on mental health, along with tools for their own mental health journey. In every episode, we will discuss concepts within psychology and wellness while providing the listener with questions, examples, and our own personal opinions on the things that we talk about for them to consider and just really be able to relate to. The goal is to arm the general public with resources and information that they themselves can use every day as they embark on their journey through life in the pursuit of happiness and growth. We're all researchers and scientists of our own lives. We create hypotheses every day, simple things like eyeing out how much salt you want to put in your food to choosing to create and manifest relationships with people we once considered strangers. Our experiences thereafter either support or reject our hypotheses. And we do this every day in life in search for happiness and satisfaction. Sure, life has an end or a conclusion and a beginning or an introduction. And it's filled with explanations and methods and things that may not really make sense. But this This is is the the abstract. abstract. So the, his first chapter is actually a, titled Coping, and Openya, I'd like to hear what are your general impressions on coping? Well, when you first told me to think about this, my first impression was that culture is essentially, it's essentially a construction of our coping mechanisms to make sense of the world we live in. So it's in our habits, our religion, it's idolization in the context of being in a position of lack. It's the way we respond to familiar situations or agree to speak the same language even. Coping is the reason we do things. But I digress. It's my general impression. Mm. That's real. Yeah, I like that. Thank you. I like how you intertwine culture in there because that is very influential on just how we think and behave in general. 
So that in, in itself will then, yeah, definitely have an impact on how we cope with things. Well, this book here actually has a definition for what coping means. What's that say? You ready? I'm ready. You ready for this? Ancient text right here. Yes. Yeah. Alright. I had to translate it, so bear with me. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Coping refers to cognitive and behavioral strategies that people use to deal with stressful situations or difficult demands, whether they are internal or external. Yeah. Pretty much sounds just like what what I just said. Exactly what you just said. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) How would you summarize positive psychology? It's almost exactly what it sounds like. It's just the positive perspective on is that like functioning and just who we are and how we behave. Okay, so is that when they say think positive and positive things? Right, yeah. So that would basically be falling more in line with that school of thought. For me, I, I really like how it mentions both aspects to what someone is dealing with. So it's external because there's always drama somewhere. There's always some type of he said, she said, or just misinterpretations, miscommunication, something. Mm -hmm. And this causes stress or it can result in other types of effects on you, like anxiety or just impact your emotions, really. So there's that external aspect of what happened, but then also the internal product of then what's happening, which is how you feel and that's something we have to deal with too you can't just deal with the problem and then that's it clean slate there could be residue from that conflict so did you heal from whatever that rupture in your relationship was did you actually understand and come to a better place with just how you felt in that situation right or are you just still mad yeah i feel like that relationship doesn't necessarily have to be with another person though too it could be with yourself to that effect like it's kind of like from shadows that show that you <laughs> still haven't seen <laughs> but you know like the idea it since you haven't seen it i'll explain it real quick and for anybody else who hasn't seen it it's about shadow work and how you basically have to have conversation with sit in conversation with yourself if you're feeling some type of way to figure out where it came from what it is and then how you want to address it whether or how it need how you need to address it rather it might not be comfortable but you have to address it otherwise it'll just kind of fester there that's the idea of shadow work or the show from shadows um because then you get to choose after that after you work through it it's not like shadow work ends it right you're gonna have to keep doing it you're gonna have to keep growing <laughs> and learning yeah, it's a journey. It's a whole continual process. Life is yeah. so cyclical. It's it's inevitable. But you brought up something really important too: is the discomfort, because mm-hmm. people find solace in comfort. But sometimes you need to be uncomfortable because that's a sign that something's <coughs> happening right now, right. which is important to then become aware of and actually make sure that what's happening ends well for you as a person so if you say you're talking to somebody and then they ask you a question and then you start to feel 
something in your gut and like your stomach starting to get heavier just mm-hmm. your body's starting to say something maybe you aren't then fully aware but perhaps what that person said or just in that moment something happened and you became uncomfortable and so it's easier to then just proceed with the conversation as is perhaps you just kind of fluff it over like nothing happened but really that it's kind of like a yield sign came up and it was like hold up wait (laughs) look for any pedestrians is there any problems going on here Mm -hmm. everything okay and then keep it moving because yeah maybe you're just hungry and your stomach starts to feel some type of way (laughs) yeah but that's true but i that makes me think of something i read recently which i can't remember i wish i looked this up before but um basically they said if you like that that discomfort you feel when something like triggers something in you maybe not maybe that's going so far as to say like a full-on trigger but like it triggers an emotion in Mm -hmm. you like you just said that's you that's you getting um shifting out of your normal normative state so that you can be ready to receive to shift or to pivot you know um in general in perspective so that was actually one of the things that i thought of too when you asked me originally i think the question was um how do you differentiate between a coping strategy that isn't working and one that um you need practice on or something like that right so one it was hard i mean one of them i thought of was mantra but i'll tell you that later um this one relevant to this conversation is uh the idea or me mindset as a coping mechanism that i know needs work that i know i need work on but i know that is ultimately beneficial for me is getting used to perceiving that discomfort um, when something comes up that is super uncomfortable and it makes me like want to cry because I think I'm being attacked but I'm not and it's you know uh, just some a moment of discomfort me my coping ne- mechanism there or coping strategy there that I, is hard I'm not good at it I just started doing it I, I know it needs practice but I know ultimately is going to work better is just thinking of it like that um, or work to my benefit is just thinking of it like that uh, that is going to be uncomfortable but ultimately it's good for the better to actually sit with this conversation instead of um, the instead of the feeling the initial shock of feeling like attacked or that you were jolted or that I was jolted but moving past that part the feels feeling it the feels but then going into it like okay what is actually the conversation right now what how can what can i actually do and then you know it's actually not that serious most of the time like you just have to pivot right yeah and so it's so simple Mm -hmm. and that then too makes it so hard because it is so simple (laughs) it's like gargling with salt water when you're sick like (laughs) (laughs) seriously if you do that if you actually just gargle with salt water once you start your throat starts getting itchy or your nose is congested 
you either do that or you suck up the salt, warm salt water with your nose and then you like let it out through your mouth. It sounds really gross, but <laughs> it's actually the most simple. It's like going to the ocean, but more pleasant than getting a, fa- a wave to the face. Right. The water only goes in your mouth and not through your ears. But it cle- it's healing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's the simplest shit, but people rather take antibiotics and bunch of medicines and pills because that narrative is more comfortable for them makes their worldview it doesn't rock their worldview as much if that's what they've been taught growing up right the amount of connotation that could have been placed on things that seem alternative thereby they're considered weird Mm -hmm. so then that could be seen as weird and that's mm -mm, something's wrong with that even though it's the healthiest and probably safest route you could <laughs> you could go about trying to heal yourself. Instead, people are more so accustomed to and accept swallowing <laughs> chemical bombs, essentially, <laughs> that hopefully will fix you, but in the long term isn't really a true solution. Right. It's just something that helps you get by. Yeah. It's a band-aid. Yeah. Man, I could say a lot about... <laughs> Western medicine, and like, <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know if we want to make that ep- the whole episode about that. Should we get the sage? <laughs> burning <laughs> some sage. <laughs> no, stop burning sage, everybody. Actually, I found out that it's a, uh, or I don't know, maybe last year that it's <laughs> we're killing all the sage, man, and making it unavailable for people who say who the idea whole, all started with. <laughs> so it's fucked up. Stop doing it. Don't do it. Yeah. there was an example of someone who i think many of us are very familiar with even though we don't know them personally we all wish we did barack obama (laughs) (laughs) barack obama is like the uncle everyone wishes they had (laughs) <laughs> so they act like he's their uncle and he, he honestly feels yeah he feels fatherly but you know many of us have relationships with our fathers whether good or bad so we're aware that figures there but brought so much like the uncle that swoops in to kind of save the day and make you feel better with some smooth slick mm. <laughs> poetic Message. Wax poetics. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Obama on the ones and twos. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, hold on, scratch that. <laughs> <laughs> Here's some fresh for your mind. No. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Obama, Obama, Obama. <laughs> Wish we had some beats right now. That would be a perfect thing. <laughs> Someone that needs to come and teach us how to do sounds. Dodge you. Dodge you! I know you ain't got your mask on, so. <laughs> Just well, saying. I'll text you later. Anyway, what were you saying about Obama? Obama. We are all very familiar with the role of being president and how it's stressful. Mm-hmm. It's a job, ultimately. And. And. I was looking up some. Obama, what? Sorry. 
Obama was president for two terms, so it's not just one cycle of stress. You also have to deal with elections and the whole process over again as well, and then win that, and then you go back to work, essentially. But the amount of stress that just could burden someone in that role, to me personally, is unfathomable. I don't know if I could sit with trying to think about how much <laughs> how much weight comes with that role where it's I've heard it mentioned a few times that being president is almost as if you're ruler of a good portion of the earth essentially there's every so much power and influence yeah control. every decision you make exactly every decision you make has an impact on a lot of people whether you know it or not and that's course comes with a lot of higher roles but anyway mm. obama mentioned that he read his coping strategy for presidency and even just growing up in life with the hardships that come with being someone with a diverse background and from a place where other people perhaps can't really connect with or can point to on a map unfortunately but he read and reading is a very good way to relax mm. and relaxation is relaxation is in itself a resource to manage stress and that's how you can then reduce it of course not completely you can't completely take away stress all in all it'll always kind of be there because some stress is important too but reading is is something that can really put you into a state of mindfulness in terms of you then tapping into this other world that lies on this piece of earth, really. It's paper and yeah. materials. And I wanted to know what, what are your coping strategies? How do you cope? Well, since you asked, I'll <laughs> now share the mantra which i was going i told you i'd tell you about later the time is now oh yeah <laughs> um the main the main one that i like to sit with is one that i came up with uh when i was going through some medical issues which were like pretty debilitating and it was just i had to like try and change my whole diet like i couldn't i couldn't eat gluten or bread or starch or sugars or anything more like for six months it was just to try and like heal you know but anyway the mantra was um i take knowledge from what pains me and strength from what nourishes me and this really helps uh this helps me make sense of the obstacles or help me make sense of the obstacles at the time um because yeah it was like a way of channeling those experiences into something that I could understand. Mantras help. Mantras are tight as hell. I like stretching. I like qigong. 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 (laughs) 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 Danny. My friend Danielle, who has a... I think she's starting to do those workshops. Big D. Big D. (laughs) It's like... All woman, I don't know if it's all woman of color, but it's like all female bodied only Qigong. And if you're in Oakland listening, you should go check that out. Shout out to Oakland. Shout out to Oakland. 
<laughs> Shout out to the Bay. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Another <laughs> individual whom we cannot ignore if we're talking about Obamas. Michelle Obama. Mm-hmm. Shout out to the former first lady. Shout out to Michelle. Please save the world. <laughs> we know you can do it. We know Come you're Captain Marvel. Us. Captain <laughs> Captain Obama. <laughs> you have Michelle Obama as Captain Marvel. Marvel, you need to hire Michelle Obama for the next, next installment. <laughs> I'm sure that film did well that before be the, the Avengers. You need to have Michelle Obama as Captain Marvel. Are we talking superheroes? Are we talking superhero superheroes? I'm talking Michelle Obama. We talking not even superheroes, heroes. I'm talking Michelle Obama. That's <laughs> 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 like beyond heroes. Anyway, Michelle, while her husband was president, obviously, she was she's putting into place into play a lot of um, initiatives and programs to promote exercise and healthy eating and being conscientious of what we put into our bodies and also how we we use our bodies which i thought was really cool because that also similar to something i think is very important is just trying to be mindful and present as much as we can and as often as we can something simple which may be overlooked but that's due to it being misinterpreted or just other issues is that meditation is something that you can incorporate into so many different things and something everyone can do is mindful eating Mm. I like that one yeah we eat every day it's not like you're not gonna eat well no I mean I like (laughs) the practice right right I'm saying that for for people who are gonna or who may feel anxious or the sudden urge to avoid meditation because of what they stereotype it as. Yeah. And yeah, it's awesome. Mindful eating makes the food taste better. It lasts a lot longer. You feel fuller. It's a satisfying experience and it's not even that hard. It's pretty simple. Yeah. You can find this anywhere. There's a lot of articles and journals out there that talk about the whole process. It's easy. Mm-hmm. Stare at your food for a little while. Think about how it tastes. Acknowledging that that it exists and is feeding you, nourishing you. That's what I meant. Right. Like acknowledge or give thanks for what nourishes me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Food like, is so. Nourishing. This is what I have. <laughs> Just being grateful for what you do have. Mm-hmm. And learning the lessons so that you could be better. Amen, oh, hallelujah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, Lord. <Amen. laughs> um, another nice little golden nugget from Michelle. I'm going to act like I know her personally. I'll just call her Michelle. Auntie Michelle. Auntie Michelle. Auntie and uncle. <laughs> <laughs> but from Auntie Obama, something that's definitely relevant now was how do we cope living in the era of Trump? Mm. And... Who knows, maybe he'll be impeached, maybe he'll quit. I don't think he'll quit. I mean, I think something, he he's not meant to be there. Everyone knows it. But he's 
been there. He's been there, but he's not meant to anymore. Like, I feel like people are getting to a point, the universe is getting to a point, like, it's where it is acknowledging, like, this bro has no the fuck idea what <laughs> he's doing. He, today, in the news, when he acknowledged the, the shooting in New Zealand, all he said was, like, I didn't see it. Um, he thought it was bad, but he said that he... Man, I'm gonna misquote this whole thing. Basically, it's he just Trump. Said he misquotes everyone. Yeah, it he was matter. like, "It's probably what he actually said." <laughs> yeah, he was like, "It was bad, but I don't think that it had to do with um, white supremacy or it wasn't anti anything. It was just, you know, it's just some a few people who are wrong in this world." And and then they're like, "Did you read his 87-page manifesto?" And <laughs> Trump was like, "No, I didn't read it." Oh but like. <laughs> The whole manifesto was just anti-Muslim, anti-immigrant, just like how he wanted to do hella fucked up shit, and I mean, alright, I feel like we're getting to a point where the universe is gonna just be like, alright, you're done, you're not meant to be here. <laughs> bloop, bloop. Yeah. It has some way, you know? It's gone. Yeah, he's too incompetent. I always feel this weight when, <laughs> when I start thinking about Trump. Yeah. Okay, coping so. mechanisms for Trump. Right. That's one, I mean, yeah. that's one where I'm choosing to believe, <laughs> choosing to believe <laughs> that he, <laughs> he's just not meant to be. So it's like an unhealthy relationship. He has such an unhealthy relationship with the world. The impact he's having is so negative. Something's going to give, you know? Right. Has to. Yeah. But Auntie Auntie Obama <laughs> was saying that we should focus on what we can control. Mm. And control I'm not quoting her anymore, I'm just now rambling. Control is probably a factor that often bleeds into a lot of different realms mm-hmm. and we don't really think about that and it's very profound and impactful right. but also at the same time it's as powerful as we can truly allow it to be ultimately so then that's when it's important for us to ask ourselves what does control mean to us mm-hmm. what does it ideally look like what do I not want it to look like um, how am I going to deal with or rather cope with a lack of control because we can't control all and everything. Life is so random. Right. So spontaneous. So then with the uncertainty that comes with every day, you wake up not knowing truly what you can control in terms of how the earth is going to act. But you can control how you're going to feel that day, how you're going to act that day, right. what you're going to do that day. So I thought that was awesome because... There are times where, yeah, I'll fall into a a bubble where I don't even hear anything about Trump for a few days, but then I'll reflect and go, oh, it's because I was avoiding Mm -hmm. (laughs) most outlets that put him on blast very, very frequently. Right. That's like a form of self-care. That's like that's coming up. It's a buzzword that people keep talking about. It's like remove like self-care as in you know going to the spa or whatever but a lot of times now i hear it coming up in the context of not being on social media for the day 
or like not watching TV if something because you know something's happening but it's like I can deal with that when I have the capacity to mm-hmm. I think that's similar to checking in with someone before you unload on them you know mm-hmm. as another just being mindful you know controlling what you have control over letting go feeling like of the feeling of needing to be in control of all things getting excited at the uncertainty mm. but okay we're not talking about Trump anymore like I'm not excited about his uncertain ass <laughs> those different kind of uncertainty that's that a ball of stress not hold. uncertainty yeah <laughs> that's a, <laughs> a I'm certain bomb, that that is stress I can't even like read. <laughs> Clearly, I'm not coping well with Trump being president. I don't. There's, see, that's what I'm saying. Like, there's things that we shouldn't have to cope with. So. Well, who determines what we should and shouldn't have to cope with something? Well, you can focus what you you can choose what you focus your energy on instead. Mm-hmm. Hot potato. In choice theory, though, something that's actually comes up every now and then in the abstract, this book here, it it mentions how control definitely can be in your favor when you're aware of what, as Openi just said, like what you can control, and some of those things definitely are just how you feel, your emotions, your thoughts that you have your actions and how you behave and your health ultimately those are the things that you can definitely take into your control or put more of your control on or you can do the easier route which is allow other things to take that control mm-hmm. from you mm-hmm. because that's what's happening they're taking it from you and you can find once again solace in that comfort of not needing to focus or trying to put in that work because there is some discomfort when you realize that oh I actually shouldn't be eating pizza and nachos because I'm lactose intolerant and it actually is bad for my health if I'm eating it and my throat swells up a little bit and I have to take a pill just so I can mm-hmm. eat that yeah. You can easily just not it's your body eat. being like, don't eat that shit. <laughs> right. <laughs> Big red flag on the plate. Yeah. But, I mean, equally, that is a... I mean, that's real, though. Some people get used to the discomfort and the pain, and then it becomes more familiar to them than the discomfort of a shift in perspective and habits. Mm-hmm. Which reminds me of the... Um, I have a few examples. I don't know how many we want to talk about. What time is it? Three, three, two. Keep one. Okay. I'll give the biggest one then. <laughs> Go for it. All right. So in response also to kind of like not necessarily Trump as a person or coping with Trump as a person, but coping within the times of Trump, whereas um, identity politics, racial politics, everything is like, it's not conflated, but it's a. That was an incredibly wrong word. It was, huh? It was like related. It, it's like um, hyperbolized 
mm-hmm. so that everybody is just heightened about certain topics and I feel like it's almost almost to the point of um, well all right there's an argument that he he creates such negative um, opinions right or he, he brings those to the forefront so that the response is like more in the lens of public perspective or conversation right so then in that it's like okay i've been reflecting on how at times it seems that contemporary art and social media politics almost it fetish it fetishizes the concept of returning to our roots which is essentially it's essentially good for a lot of reasons um it is i do see that as a coping mechanism or better or better response to cultural erasure that's happened for ages and continues to happen at the hands of colonization and white supremacy but um what would we say then for people who are mixed or who have been somewhere other than their quote-unquote place of origin mm-hmm. like for for example for five generations like myself at a molecular level you are of the land so at what point does place of origin shift and like i say this to say um the coping the i say this to kind of reframe the identity politics conversation where um it it kind of feels like it's similar to saying going it, it almost mirrors go back to where you came from um because and then like reframing it to think of what happens when where you came from is here yeah yeah anyway on the on the coping the on the flip side (laughs) the coping mechanism on the flip side would then be to release attachment to the narrative of reclaiming which is a coping mechanism for some but it doesn't work for all um and for a lot of people means seeking attachment to a group of people that they've never interacted with in their entire lifetime or more that mirrors go go back to where you came from where because where you came from is is here anyway that's what i was been thinking about Damn, son. <laughs> 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 all right i'm checking off for the day gotta go process that i don't know where i'm from i don't know where my daddy's from i don't know where my mama's not playing okay. <laughs> but it's super real it's the yeah we have an attachment to the earth but then with all this civilization rules that come into play with borders and race and all these things that kind of then can interfere with your identity and your culture because if you what does an American look like? What do you think? What would you say? I feel like I want to come up with something hella poetic to say that reflects <laughs> how Americans are supposed to have this like American dream of, about them um, but often doesn't happen but I don't want that to be the story because it does happen a lot and now I also feel like we're in an age where 
um, everybody is becoming famous because of social as a positive side effect of social media like people ha- a lot more people have clout to the point where clout isn't even that special anymore we're to the point that being obscure is I mean I guess being obscure has always been cool but like has more social has <laughs> more taboo on it yeah I mean I feel like it has more relational capital than clout but to be honest, my question, question meant more phenotypically. <laughs> what does an American look like? Man, there's so it's a melting pot. There's so much kinds of people here. Right, but if you close your eyes and thought the word American, what would that look like to you? Are you trying to get me to say like a white guy? I want you to say what you genuinely interpret as what an American looks like in here. I don't think that American and an American looks like one person. When I close my eyes (laughs) and I think the word American, I envision a small child that's mixed race and has curly hair. But definitely 10 years ago, I used to just think white fat guy. So it's constantly changing in reflection on identity and culture and how, yeah, it's, that's a tricky it's a tricky thing when someone's trying to put claim on their turf and it's like, oh, no, go back to where you came from when this is where you are from. But then they're thinking in their head that where I'm from, this is what we look like, even though we're all just a part of the same or a similar group to an extent as that we're residents on this plot of land and have been here for generations. Right. Type thing. Because, I mean, I appreciate... And I am definitely for, like, reclaiming culture, going back to roots, understanding original narratives, um, and, like, because I do think they've been more, you know, with the earth and will help, ultimately help us survive on this planet for longer if we, you know, are more familiar with them and be, start to integrate them more into our lives, but I digress. Um, I feel that I'm all for going back to the roots. But I think ultimately we do need to understand that, like with new, when we hear news about the world ending in or like condition the world as it is, ending in twenty years, not like it's gonna explode or anything, but just that we're gonna have to like do some different shit in order to be able to be here. You know, when you hear stuff like that, it's like, man, (laughs) there's more that there's more. I don't want to sound like I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not saying it's bad to identify with your, your culture, but I think we're at a point now where we need to acknowledge that culture is amalgamating, it's tessellating, and it's more, um, contextual, culture is more contextual now, it's more, it's not only space, Based, it's not only history based. It's it's uh, alive. <laughs> yeah, it's present. Yeah, it's updating all the time right. because the world is so globalized it's now. It's not as if we were all just in like a in our separate little boxes and then we could check in, check out type thing. Like, oh, look at this culture here. This where they from. This where they is and stuff. So that yeah, definitely claiming those roots, but being aware that every day those roots are still growing deeper and deeper into the soil and look different Mm -hmm. 
over time, and that's that's pretty fucking awesome. I think that's cool. Mm-hmm. And I think that's probably the biggest. I don't know about meaningful, but maybe like coping mechanism of the of the day, which is to acknowledge that we're all that we need to that we need to talk to each other or like you know more so that we can acknowledge our use similar your words. <laughs> use your use your words communicate, communicate. we need to use them more we need to converse with each other so that we can learn more about each other and see that we have more a lot in common a lot different but a lot in common too where you wouldn't expect it we've had plenty of these conversations we've had infinites we've had like three millennia we've been having these conversations yeah and every time it's like me too (laughs) (laughs) hell yeah I like that I think that's a good place to to end this yeah positive note inspirational right people talk to each other and talk to yourself to check in yeah how are you what are you doing to cope with the outside and inside possible storms or just thorns even that are sticking Mm. how do you deal with stress how do you manage it and also how how do you evaluate your management are those coping strategies and ideas and skills good are they working or perhaps you need to pivot into something better that might be uncomfortable at first but it's for the better do it for yourself Uh Uh shout out to Nigeria (laughs) (laughs) that's where a lot of my roots is (laughs) damn near all of them anyway it was a pleasure reading this portion of the abstract with y'all yes this is mom checking out from the back of your mind this old penny I'll just be over here thinking about plenty have a beautiful day y'all